You're listening to Queer Travel Chat by Too Bad Tourists. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Queer Travel Chat. My name is Austin. I am one half of the blogger duo, Too Bad Tourists, and joining me, as always, is David. Hi, guys. I'm here, too, and I'm excited for Season 3, Episode 1. Yes, so this is our official first episode of Season 3. So what's new for Season 3 is we are on video. So if you're watching on Facebook, maybe YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter, you can see uh, us here, and you'll be able to see our guests here in a minute. And uh, we did a quick preview episode a few weeks ago, but this is the official first episode. So we're super excited to be talking to our guest speaker, Matt Scalarud, who's a, a longtime friend and colleague of mine. I think we've known each other for about eight years. And we're going to be talking about the evolution of LGBTQ plus travel over the years uh, and specifically talking about like the digital revolution, how we consume content. Uh, and everything like that. So Matt is a LGBTQ plus marketing expert with uh, 30 years of experience as the president of Peak Media. Um, so he is definitely what you might call a professional gay. <laughs> so you'll meet so. him in a few minutes. And uh, yeah, so let's let's. Yeah, well, before we get started with Matt, we'll have him on in a couple of minutes. But I thought maybe we could kind of dive into our time um, working in LGBT travel because you know we've been um, working in. LGBTQ travel for the past 10 years. So what do you think, like what sort of um, evolution have have we seen things that have changed over the past 10 years since we kind of got started in, in everything in 2012? I mean, one big thing that that changed from when I first started traveling as an adult till when we started traveling was the use of like LGBT apps, so dating apps. Mm -hmm. You know, I know when we did like our one year around the world trip, we used that a lot for actually just meeting people, not not necessarily to hook up, but to meet people in Sometimes new cities and, and and to connect <laughs> and, you know, go out and meet locals and stuff like that. So, so like that just the kind of um, appearance of the apps and... Yeah, yeah, the fact that they existed still, and, and could be used to, to connect with people in cities that where you didn't live. Yeah, I think definitely the past few years as well, we've noticed DEI coming up a lot more. So businesses are um, training their staff to kind of be more inclusive um, to multiple minorities but to the queer uh, yeah. community as well yeah, so like part think of, of like um travel agencies and, and hotels and i've seen that kind of pop up a lot right? yeah in, in the past few years particularly that's been been a big trend which is great for for you know uh everyone um more inclusion the better right and ecotourism as well we've noticed so it's kind of this idea of if you buy a flight uh, across the atlantic well you can buy credits to get Offset co2 out of the air yeah. <laughs> like which is kind of i don't think there's an necessarily that's the considered the best way to be the most eco but but it is, but a, it is a change that's happened over the, the yeah years, people so. are like starting to For think sure. about it and talk about it in ways that we can offset your carbon footprint right yeah so well, well we're definitely going to bring on matt here in a couple of minutes and he's going to give his insights in more than just a decade but but close to three decades of how things have uh, changed so before we bring him on if you like this show please subscribe to it on spotify apple google or wherever you get your podcasts also be sure to leave a five-star review if you enjoy our episodes plus if you're watching live on any social media platform feel free to leave a comment or share the episode with your friends and you can follow us on social media. We are always at Two Bed Tourists. So before we get into the interview and bring Matt on, we have just a few words from our first sponsor. And as usual, we did not sell a sponsor spot. <laughs> I'm responsible for that. That's my fault. So we're just going to hijack hey, the sponsor spot <laughs> and we're going to promote one of our own uh, gay group trips. So we're going to talk about our gay group trip to Barcelona and Sitges in uh, May 2024 from the 9th to the 15th. We still have plenty of spots left. And that is a seven day trip, six nights. So we have four nights in Barcelona. And two nights in Sitges, which is our absolute favorite uh, little beach gay destination we south of Barcelona. We go every summer. We go every summer. So it includes uh, meals and dinners. 
we'll do some tours, uh, kind of introduce you to the LGBT life uh, in those cities. And David will tell you a bit more about the trip. Yeah, we also work with a local gay guide there in Barcelona, and he always takes a group on a city center tour and also a visit of Sagrada Familia to visit the inside as well. And then later a modernism Gaudi tour to see the houses that he uh, designed and park well as well. And then later we do a tapas tour in the evening. So you get to know Spanish cuisine, especially, especially tapas, and then a drag show and kind of a night out in Barcelona. And once we get to see just, we'll also do a Catalan wine tasting. So a lot is uh, in the itinerary. It's a lot of fun. Speaking of wine tasting. <laughs> that is also Spanish wine. That is Spanish wine. <laughs> this is a better <laughs> Okay, so um, if you want to uh, join us on our Barcelona trip, you can reserve your spot. You can go to twobedtourist.com to learn more, or you can check out the show notes in the description of this episode uh, for the direct link to our Barcelona trip and get your spot. All right, so I'm going to click this button, and I'm going to invite Matt onto the show. Hello, Matt. Oh, it works. Um, I'm excited to be here. I, I can't believe I'm your first on this on the video version of this. Thank you for yes, joining yes. us. I couldn't think of anyone better to invite on, you know, our, our you know, episode one for uh, season three. I mean, you're like the guru of all things social media and live streaming and tech and digital. So uh, I was oh. I was like, no, it has to be Matt. And you're also so kind and patient in case yes. we fuck all this up. Yes. <laughs> That's what editing is for. Yes. <laughs> yeah, except that, except that we're, you know, recording live. We're, so. so no live. edits. <laughs> recording live. We can yes. edit anything we want. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, uh, to start things off, um, I want to know how you and Austin first met. Yeah, I feel, you know, it's funny because, um, uh, you know, I've been doing this, as you said, almost 30 years. So uh, that means that I'm like an old grandpa on this stuff and things just fall out of my head. But I think it was, but I think it was, uh, uh, back in Anaheim uh, with VidCon, with uh, because uh, before the days of influencers and all that, there was uh, they they were emerging in the world of YouTube, and then there was this huge convention called VidCon. Because I know that's when, at least I know that's when I met both of you together. That's but true. because there was that big event in Orange County, and it was a there was a whole LGBT component mm -hmm. to it, and it fell apart at the very last minute. So we all scrambled to pull something together, and I remember the four of us, uh, myself, you guys, and my business partner, we all went out to dinner. Had a great time and we were uh joined yeah, i remember that but is that the first time you guys met i kind of assumed mm. you had met beforehand we may I, think, have... I think we knew each other online like so many of our relationships nowadays because that's the mm -hmm. thing it's it becomes a gray area i think we knew each other online pretty well because of too bad tourists and also sure. um there's very few people that are doing blogging and vi video and so forth that also have kind of a marketing hat on their head you know that that really have it. and you guys were were one of them so you stood out which is why i know that we kind of teamed up for that event and yeah, went to yeah, dinner yeah. because we were very well aligned. We've been aligned way back then. And we're, I would say that we're still aligned now. Yeah. By the way, the cutest thing you two do is when Austin goes like this and then you go into the other video, it's actually kind of <laughs> it's a cool effect. You can see yes. Yes. I love my glass of wine. <laughs> we're literally in the same room. <laughs> we are in the same room, but like we're, we're right next to each other, but we have like it's crazy. You wouldn't, you wouldn't expect it, but we have like these noise canceling curtains. We have these two like giant, like you know, ring lights. It's a hot mess in here, but yeah. but uh, uh, you know, this little picture looks great. Well, I would definitely remember that dinner, and then I think probably the last time we saw you was it in Milan, I guess for IGLT yeah. convention. Yeah, so, yeah well, I've seen that since because I was in Puerto Rico. You were there, okay. Matt, right? Yeah, that was, but the two of us that I saw you yeah. as well. Because so. we're on we're on the circuit. We're on that gay travel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's like the gay circuit party, but for like the business professionals, basically. Yes. Small gay world for sure. <laughs> well, Matt, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, no, I just uh, 
I'll, I'll make it quick, but uh, just so people know, I mean, I was an engineer once upon a time, which is also one of those reasons Austin and I get along so well. Yeah, that makes you know, sense. Because there's so, there's so few of us. But I was an engineer who got bored in, in the lab, and I had a great career job. And and uh, long story short, I kind of went into sales of what I was working on as an engineer, and the internet came along somewhere along the way. And I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. And I started programming. So I was comfortable with technology, and I loved telling people about how to apply the technology in, in the real world. And I started creating this website for the gay community. It's called gaywire.com. And I thought everybody would do it, and they didn't. So yeah, next thing yeah. you know, we kind of like grew and grew, and it just had a life of its own, and, and it grew into a, a real company. And there was gaywire, gay.com, gay and planned it out. There was three of us back then. That's but uh, sold it in 2006, and then ever since then, just been continuing to work with companies, always trying to figure out, like, how do I reach the LGBTQ community online? And then the real question is, how do I reach my specific um, audience online and that's what I've been doing really ever since so tell us a little bit more about like what what you're doing now and how you're connecting with the LGBT market and like the yeah. different you know companies and clients and tourism people you're working with yeah well because you can imagine back then it was uh it was banner ads and email you know that was really it and um, and I really thought banner ads were going to phase out completely in a few years back then but they didn't because technology kind of brought them back but it made them more efficient but at the end of the day um uh, what we're really doing now is, is we've kind of grown up and evolved with the technology. So that means that it's moved into a lot of mobile apps and video, of course, but then social media being probably the dominant uh, place that we spend the most time on with clients. And then so that means that it's moved from, you know, buying display ads and, and email campaigns to really moving much more over into storytelling to, to clients really have a story to tell. And that's what we try to help them with is that we're going to work with you to tell a story and then once we figure out what, what it's going to be and what platform, whether it's going to be video or written, and then where are we going to distribute, distribute it? Where are we going to get it out there? And um, so that's what makes it fun because there's so many different directions and paths that one could take. But at the end of the day, the the die seems set where, you know, it's, it's really most clients now are doing that. And then on top of it, we have this, what's called an I Love Gay Network that we've kind of built that sort of takes us back to our media route. So it's this network on social media that... Um, uh, we have over 200 profiles that really focus on different niches, travel and sports, and then, you know, geography like New York and Spain and so forth. So from that, we're able to bring our clients into this kind of a, this online social media, uh, media type of, we call it a hybrid, and then also um, introduce kind of the advertising and marketing components that we do as well. So the whole thing kind of works together. Is I Love Gay part of Pink Media? That- yeah, yeah. I Love Gay is uh, something we started just on. Uh, it was almost by accident. I started to see patterns of how things work together on, because uh, every social media platform has its own algorithm. Mm-hmm. Started to see pl- patterns of how things could work together, and that's literally how we, you know, how it all started. And then we said, "Wow, let's try two profiles. Now let's try four. And we started to see that there was some real synergy there. And then when you take that analogy and then you you engage with others that that are not part of your network but are but are following you, mm-hmm. next thing you know, this this magic starts to happen. Mm-hmm. And businesses that are like started businesses and, and initiatives that are started by mistake. I feel like some of the coolest things, like we literally are yeah. too bad tourists was like kind of started by mistake, but yeah. this was never supposed to be any sort of like business or, or long-term uh, entity. But here we are 11 years later. I love those <laughs> <my> stories. So <laughs> we always say is throwing spaghetti at the wall. Yeah. And throwing what, spaghetti at the wall and see what, see what sticks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I'll, and I, I don't want to, uh, kill too much time but i would just say that that's where also where i think we're well aligned because that's the thing is that over all these years that i've known you guys 
it's evolved so much where, yeah. you know, I used to, you know, throwing spaghetti at the wall, I used to think that we'd be managing Facebook ads for a lot of clients, but guess what? They do it all themselves now. Like they don't really, yeah. or their agency does it for them and they don't want somebody like us to intervene. And then agencies are managing so much more of a destination's marketing plans that um, that when somebody like us comes along, it does they don't see it as a real uh, opportunity or fit because they almost see us as competing with them for the social media dollars. So mm. it's really quite a challenge to try to navigate through and find. But I would say that this year we spent a lot of time really trying to brainstorm that one. Well, I want to go back. You said something earlier, which is talking about storytelling. And, you know, that I feel like if there's one thing that we do, like that's literally our job is like we tell travel stories, you know, whether yeah. we're writing a blog post, whether we have a YouTube video, whether we are, you know, creating stuff on Instagram or social media, like it's either telling our travel story or, you know, giving people advice. And I feel like in the travel space, that's one of the it's one of the great spaces where literally all you have to do to, you know, quote unquote, like promote and do marketing is literally just tell a story. It's the easiest sell, right? Like it's not a hard sell. You have to, you know, go to this website and buy this apparel or buy these things. No, you just tell people about a destination and like, it's sort of an organic kind of thing. So I want to learn a little bit more about what's been your involvement in, you know, your, your career of like uh, LGBT tourism specifically. And, and you can mention also your time with IGLTA as well. Yeah, I mean, because that's uh, I joined IGLTA because tourism clients were becoming early on. This was the 90s. They were becoming one of our top uh, average. Our very first advertiser that we also built a website for because you kind of had IGLTA is the. Oh, yeah. So IGLTA, if you're a first time listener, it's the International LGBTQ Plus Travel Association, which is the network that Matt and I basically connected with. So I'll turn it back to you to Matt to continue. But that's but back then it was uh, tourism was becoming our top top advertising base. Our, our first client was called the Blue Dolphin Hotel out of Fort Lauderdale. They called us and th- and this kind of lends itself to where we're at today because they called us and we were only like six months into the business, not really even thinking it was a business. And they said, you know, we want to be there and can you help us put us online and promote us? We did. And within six months, the, I remember the call. He literally said, uh, the owner said, you have now become our top source of bookings um, oh, out of wow. everything else we're doing. And he goes, I wish I, I'm telling you that because I'm telling you that you got, you know, and it was just the Internet. The Internet was brand new and coming along. And he said, I, you know, I want to I want to ask you don't tell any other competitors or tell anybody about this because uh, but I know it's not going to work that way. But I thought you should know. And that's the whole thing. And really, from those that moment forward, it, it, it just continued to. To, to grow. So we joined IGLTA because uh, we were working more in the travel space. And so I joined just kind of thinking, oh, let's see what this is about. And of course, I like to jump in with both feet quite often. So um, I went from being a, becoming a member to uh, joining the board uh, in 2003, I believe, and um, 2002 or three. And I stayed on for most of that decade and um, and uh, stayed on the board and, and really kind of tried to help grow it at that time and also transitioned a lot, uh, I would say, from being kind of more small business oriented to small and midsize and corporate. And uh, and of course, now it's just taken off completely in that way. And so and so we've just been a part of that. And that's what, in, in the world, in that whole world that we've all continued to evolve with the world of travel and helping destinations figure out how do you reach LGBT travelers? Yeah. So, well, let's dive into that kind of the whole topic of the episode is, you know, so what are kind of the main milestones and how have you seen a travel change for the LGBT community throughout your years working in the industry. I mean, you know, pre-internet to now, you know, social media yeah, being the main like thing. 90s, 2000s, 2010, yeah. 2020s. Well, when I when I joined the board, it's kind of funny. It's hard to imagine now, but uh, 
um, I was vilified. Literally, I had to go up on stage back then and, and try to, you know, give a little speech and do all that. And there was a lot of travel agents that were members of IGLTA, and they were quite angry with me. Um, they weren't really angry with me personally, but they were taking, but they were, and it would became actually a little ugly and quite vocal. But it was just because the internet was was doing such damage to their business, and they were very up, upset with anybody talking about the internet in the LGBT travel world. But I continued on, and uh, in spite of in spite of that, and of course, as we know things things you know are where they're at today and yeah. so really that's been that's been you know we've kind of gone through those waves um over certain periods of time i actually had the exact same thing happen a few years later when i was in canada and up on stage talking about lgbt internet online opportunities and bar owners were really upset because as you know like in toronto and certain areas there used to be gay villages and those things have very much changed and in many ways faded away and the bar owners were very upset they were upset at the internet and grinder and everything that yeah. was taking taking their people just so, taking away like the neighborhoods because yeah. people are meeting online now they yeah. don't need to have these like communal spaces i didn't yeah. know that's kind of a thing i mean Canada. i feel like this this is sort of you know as as any sort of business owner anytime there is a disruptive anything mm -hmm. whether it's a technology or you know something that kind of comes to market any business owner that's not quick enough to adapt or not willing to adapt, yeah, they they might suffer, right? And but it's interesting because you mentioned travel agents. I feel like there's a like maybe back in that day where the internet was kind of taking over their business, like that was a big struggle for travel agents. But now I see that travel agents are thriving more than ever. The ones who have adapted to online and digital because now there is so much information that yeah. people are lost, right? And they're like, oh my God, I need a, a person who I trust to give me good advice. Mm -hmm. And now travel agents like, you know, have kind of come back to the scene and those who've embraced, you know, technology are, are acting as, you know, really advisors and helping people, you know, sift through all the information that's online. But I also understand like that, that was my fear with like our blog as well. And why I didn't want to just fully dive into two bed tourists as just the blog because I'm like, well, what if people aren't using travel blogs <laughs> in 10 years? Who knows? Like, this is what, is a good way to find information now but since we have kind of like diversified Wait, so mean, much and every year that goes by we're, and, we're throwing yeah. new spaghetti at the now wall, i'm like right? okay i feel better because yeah. if one thing changes we've got another thing we can dive into yeah it's true and i feel like matt like you're i mean you and i connect on like you know we we create these businesses and we do these things and at the end of the day it's just sort of following the technology and trends and you just you have to adapt right yeah. and that's the only way you can survive but it's been it's been changing Pretty rapidly and that's where i would you know i'm not afraid to say that directions that we thought were going to work were working but for a much shorter period of time than i thought and so but it was very different than back in those 90s and early 2000s where the internet just sort of grew and grew very methodically um, it was the it was it was much easier to grow grow the business uh, down a certain path then and as it is now that's where i was saying like we feel pretty good that things are coming together where it, it it is it is easier now to be able to explain to clients really it's content for us what we do is content marketing with kind of a dose of adding a media company layer on top of it but what we're doing is we're navigating that space can't even answer the question that we started with we're navigating that space is that's that's changed because now not only do you have influencers out there and and a wide variety of different media you know back in the day it used to be just specifically LGBT media that were started in print and they moved to online. But then you kind of had bloggers and you had website, very a wide variety of different websites that were all dedicated to LGBT topics. And then now you've got so much user generated content that you're also, everybody's trying to uh, clamor for attention. And so 
And actually, we're like the anti-influencers sometimes because I spend the least amount of time on Instagram, but everyone loves Instagram. And Instagram is a very, very busy place because everyone's jumping all over themselves to try to stand out and get in front. And I will tell you that one out of two or three posts on my Instagram feed are sponsored. And they're not sponsored by corporate. They're sponsored by sometimes just people that just want more followers at that moment in time. So it's fascinating how it's really changed. And uh, and so all, our job is to navigate through yeah, all yeah. of that and still try to be able to succeed. So, so talking about change, like how how have you seen this whole digital revolution that started in the 90s yeah. impact travel, like in the way that people discover what they yeah. want to do and how they book? Like, what's your insights on that? Well, that's where that's where, especially when you use the word discover, that's a perfect word. Um, it's also it's very gay. It's 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 very active or passive, which is a very you know, <laughs> more in the Latin world. And of course, it's just it's tops and bottoms. And uh, uh, what I say by that, Google's a top and. Uh, and people are very active when they're on Google. When they're on Google, they're looking for something. Uh, and so when you look, when you just focus on that aspect of how things have changed on the digital side, think about, I mean, it was a big deal when Google started to really integrate um, uh, airline technology. So now they have Google Flights. Mm -hmm. And Google Flights is extremely powerful for me as a consumer when I'm trying to figure out just even booking a flight before I even go to my favorite airlines. But all that technology, whether it was Expedia and all so, so forth, people oftentimes kind of know what they're looking for while social has become such a dominant part and that's where all the influencers are at and so much of that work is over there but that's very passive so that's that's the direction where people aren't really looking for anything specific they're just kind of like checking out things on a daily basis and all of a sudden you start to see uh influencers representing a destination or destinations and so many other hotels and so forth going direct and just and just putting content out there and trying to navigate and figure out like how can you know they're thinking how can i create content that people are going to want to like and engage with and then ultimately come to my destination and so you can imagine there's so many right answers and all that so many whether they use video or photos or written word and so it gives life to all of us being able to participate because there's a lot of opportunities there mm -hmm. I remember I, I've been to a few of your, well, a number of your presentations that you've done at, at our little gay circuit, you know, professional gay conferences. And one of the things I always remember is your your presentation where you're talking about like the 90s when the internet came out and people used to like bookmark websites. So like yeah. in the 90s, when you found a website that had good information that you wanted, this was before search engines, right? Yeah, yeah. You, I don't know how you found the website the first time, but you found it. And then you're like, all right, I'm going to go back to this website. So you bookmarked it, right? So like how, like what was the evolution from, you know, the internet came out, there was no search engine. So then search yeah. engine, so then social, like how did that, what does that look like to but now it, we're in 2023? It's been fun. And, uh, and but, but even um, that's the whole thing. If you look back then you were, you felt really fortunate you found something. And let me tell you when Netscape first came out, that was life-changing. Netscape was a big deal. Cause now you've got this really beefy browser that, that could do so many things. But it was that whole idea that, all this, uh, especially back then, all this stuff was was fleeting, and you would always try to be able to find a way to like, how do I how do I trace myself back? So the big difference isn't even so much how you found things, because yes, it went from from bookmarking to kind of search dominant, and now they you know search and social really have to share that space. But it really was the whole idea that when you created a website, too bad tourists or any site back then, your goal was to create the most engaging front page that walked them through. It's almost like you took them, took them by the hand and walked them through the site. Back then, you can keep people on your website for 30 minutes to an hour. Oh my um, God. And your and your page and your page views were like if you had one person there, the average page views was always like a minimum of 10. And uh people would be there. And so the banner ad, 
market was very was very high then because a simple website with a hundred thousand people coming to it in a month could have millions and millions of banner ad impressions. That's that was the business. And then I realized when I sat down with some business owners, even just like 10, 10 years ago or more, and I was explaining, I said, you know, that doesn't work that way anymore, right? And they're like, what are you talking about? I said, yeah, everybody universally gets pretty much like one point something page views per per user, which others are saying like, what does that mean? That's too geeky. But all it means is that people go to your site and then they, they get what they want and they bounce out. They go for about one point something page views and they usually stick around for about 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah. Far cry from what it used to be. Now, if you can keep them for a minute, two minutes, if you can keep them for two or three page views, you're doing something really well. Right. But that, when you think about that, that is the core. That is the core of the big, big change that not everyone has really fully embraced, which is that means that the source of traffic is not from your front page, walking them through the site to all the things. It means it's coming from somewhere else. They found it through search or they found it through social and they went in, they got what they wanted and they're out. And how did you, as a media company or as a blogger or whatever, how did you benefit from that short interaction? When you were talking about like passive versus active, then with that knowledge, what do you do with that? If people are actively looking on Google and that's active, or people are like passively finding things on social media. So you have that knowledge. Now, what do you do that do with that as a business? Do you have to kind of like yeah. attack SEO. sides? No, it's all about SEO. That's where that's where SEO is important. Um, it's but hard for the to be active. That's for right. That's for the Google searches. Yeah. Yeah. But that's then, I mean, I, but do you also want to incorporate the passive part of that as well? Oh, yeah. Well, I think most do. So you want to, but every business is different. Some businesses are really only viable where somebody's searching for something at that, like at that moment. So it doesn't really make sense. Like the whole passive side doesn't work for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so the active, that's why they buy so many Google text ads. And that's why Google, Google ads are so expensive that most of us, I, I stopped doing it myself. It just got so expensive. Um, you know, you're spending like three, $4 a click. Um, and you got to be able to convert a high percentage of those, or otherwise you're, you're spending a lot of money. And so social has really also upped the ante where if you're going to be paying Facebook for targeting, you're also now paying a pretty good sum, but you're not paying as much as on Google. And so the trick is, you know, how do you get as much as you can for free? And so, or we like to use all the word organic. Yeah. So how much, how much can you get organically through search and social? And I think that's the trick. So where do you think, see things going in the future? That's kind of what I'm really curious about. Like, why are, what are the trends happening? Like, what do you imagine, in, you know, uh, yeah. next year, five years from now, 10 years from now? It's hard to go too far out because, as you can imagine, like, because uh, smart as I ever like to think I am, I'm never smart. <laughs> Who knows what's going to come, right? Who's, yeah, things come and go so quickly. But it's, uh, um, I, I think just overall, you get a, if you really want to look at it from a big picture point of view as far as what works and what doesn't. Because as you're starting to see, like, you know, Facebook, uh, regardless, regardless of what people say, and you know, you have to kind of like tune a lot out. But in general, most of us know that Facebook has become kind of there's a staleness to it, and, and it's reported on in a wide variety of different ways. And it's still it's it's still viable, and and a lot of people still use it. Things change doesn't happen overnight you know, for these, even though the technology is changing. The change in the way people use it doesn't change overnight. So Facebook's still going to be steady for a while. But at the end of the day, we know that it's really leaning more towards video and short form video, and and uh, you got to you got to catch people's attention in that video within those first few seconds, or they're just they're not going to stick around to figure out what your video might be about. And so it's a very strong rethink as far as following the trends of how people's habits are changing. And so, and I always say short form, um, if you do it right, even for this video, like if this video is going to be forty five minutes long, short form little clips that catch their attention right away, make them go, oh, this looks kind of cool, yeah. and then they click on it to watch the full. That's the that's the trick for where we're at nowadays.
It's interesting you said that because uh, three days ago, we just purchased a subscription to a software package, which you input a link to your YouTube video. So it could be this podcast and then it automatically spits out like 30 or 60 second blurbs. And it determines with AI technology, like what are the most interesting parts? And then you can use that to share on uh, yeah. you know, TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, like in short form. I'm just going to choose your most salacious <laughs> comment, though, and clip that and then use that to publicize your context. I think if, if we like, you know, make our voice like really surprised, like, oh, my God, like it'll like it'll think that's the important part. No, but of course, yeah, I mean, that's the way to go for sure. This is the second time in a week that somebody's told me that exact exactly what you said. That somebody that does a show like this is using AI to create 30 to 60 clips. That's that's probably, you know, and the, for the moment, starting 2024, that's probably the hot ticket for for yeah. people creating these shows. Well, I'd, I'd really like to learn a little bit more about um, like your travel habits and trends Like you talked a little bit about using Google Flights. Like yeah. what other sorts of like digital technology and apps do you use when you travel or plan or book? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a really bad one for that. Um, I don't use much. Um, I, 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 do, I do it all myself um, completely. And then so I use and I pretty much use Google for my initial research on the flight. Um, uh, and when it comes to a hotel, um, I'll see like, so let's just say it's a convention. I'll look and see like, what's the host hotel convention rate? And then I'll pop over to the good old Hotwire and see like, oh, what are those rates going on in that area? And uh, I'm, not, I'm not averse to using Hotwire and being like half a mile away and walking. So, um, so, so I have a weird- Hotwire is your like, your, your meta search for hotels then? Makes me sound old, doesn't it? I think I, use, <laughs> I think I use Kayak. What do you use? I use, for flights, I use Google Flights. What about for, for hotels? Hotels, I use you and Stevie to get discounts. <laughs> I ask you, where can we get a discount? Honestly. Yep. And I will have <laughs> or yeah. Yeah. I will ask you. <laughs> but it's but it's really strange. And you're the same. Like, I think most of us that are like, I don't know, this technology is, is kind of second nature for me. And so I just jump in and I, uh, the answers are really quick and easy to get. Yeah. And, um, and even when I'm there, you know, the only thing I'm using on a regular full-time basis is Google maps. Cause I just crank that out, figure out where I'm going to go. I let it kind of walk me along. And, um, those tech, those simple technologies. And I know I use the word Google a lot, but they really have found a way to become a huge part of my life. Oh yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah. Cause all that other stuff is secondary, you know, everything else, you know, if I got 15 minutes to kill and I'm sitting there somewhere and yeah, then I'll probably open TikTok and fool around, but I'm not, it's not, has nothing to do with uh, travel planning. It's just cause I have a little free time and TikTok can really uh, suck up that free time really quickly for me. Yeah. It does a really good job with that fucking algorithm. <laughs> it does. That's why I try not to be on it. <laughs> what, what about, um, what about like travel destinations? Do you have any, like we mentioned earlier, how CHS is one of our favorite sort of LGBT travel destinations. Do you yeah. have any favorites that are, that are um, up on top of your list? I should, but anytime anybody's ever asked me that, I'm, I'm not the very, very worst person for favorites. I always like to say, well, they're all different and, and special in their own way. But, uh, um, but I, especially at this point right now we're i will just say right now we're very much focused on asia but it's also because mm. the moment iglta had the date set for japan for uh, next year my husband was on it saying tell me those dates and he started he's already putting the plans together because he's gonna he loves japan and mm. uh and so we're gonna make a, a big trip out of it like yeah uh, i already yeah. booked my my plane tickets and i found a really good yeah speaking of i think i must have googled or kayaked or i don't i don't know what but i found a really good price flight from madrid to seoul south korea and then it's only like an hour and a half flight from from Japan yeah, to South Korea. So that's kind are. of how I 
I mean, a really long flight, like to that yeah. destination. Is I'm going to spend a couple I, I extra days there. there, and then and then you should. It should. It's going to be really good. And a lot of people are using Seoul as the I think Korean Air, but I'm, I'm hearing that more often too. Uh, they must have some really good rates, but because uh, uh, it's the same thing. Next week, uh, this is also this also tells you who I've married. Uh, uh, his friends say, "Oh, we're going to be in Bangkok for uh, the New Year's, and you should join us." Kind of flippantly, you can't give him a challenge like that because he's <laughs> right. like. I think I'm gonna make that happen. Thailand, come meet us. <laughs> so we're going to. So next, uh, right day after Christmas, we're we're going to go to Singapore because we've never been to Singapore together. And then uh, from there, we're just going to pop over to Bangkok and, and ring in the New Year up there and stay for a few days. Oh so God, that's, that's gonna be a great trip. That's cool, yeah. and it'll be great to get out of the cold. That'll be nice. No, I know, I know. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And then we're back back in action for January. Uh, Matt, work-wise, do you have any other kind of new opportunities or projects that you're working on that are coming up? Yeah, no, it's um, like I was saying, everything just has kind of come together nicely. Like uh, the, the the especially in the world of tourism, it's we're really happy that we're working with Palm Springs again, and we're able to kind of help them. Just you know, it, it's all about you know, one of the things we do is we find a lot of uh, stories with an LGBT angle to them uh, related to Palm Springs, and then we get them out there through our, our various channels. We throw advertising at it. And so that whole formula, as far as content, whether we monitor and find it or whether it's provided to us from influencers, there's so many different ways we can get content mm -hmm. and then getting it out there in the right right places. Um, that just, is, it really seems to have kind of found a, a nice, it's got, it's, it's got a really, it's in a strong position for next year. And that's really our big mm -hmm. thing is we're just going to continually try to find better ways to tell that story so that more and more clients understand what we're doing and see how that's going to help them. And, and hopefully we become very easy to, Easy to understand. Simplify our website and keep going from there. Excellent. How big is your team? Uh, it's actually literally just there's two of us as far as primary myself and Fabrice, my business partner. Okay. And then right now we have, on top of that, we have about eight others. So it's a total of ten that are that are between part time and full time and do a lot of the social media postings and mostly that, but also some of the management um, of some of our social media profiles as well, writing and so forth. So no, nobody in, nobody in sales or administration, just purely uh, just purely kind of support. All right, fantastic. And all right, so we're wrapping up here. Is there any question that you wish we would have asked you, or maybe something that you want to share with the audience? I don't know. <laughs> uh, did you see my shirt? This is the first time. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, see. That's as that's as crazy as I get. I've, uh, yeah. I've, uh, well, and I and I was saying before we started the recording, like your shirt is popping because the color behind you in your your photo, like, you know, they match. So In fact, it almost looks like a little head thing. So uh, at the beginning, before we started recording, you mentioned your show. I don't know much about your show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, it's, it's, uh, I love Gay Today. And it was built, it was, you know, it was built or just started the same way as like what you all are doing. It just, it was 2020 and I got bored. So I started, uh, but I also kind of always had in my mind that I wanted to do something like that. So we created this show where we're, I, I just want to interview different uh, leaders in the LGBT space, uh, especially on the business side. And it kind of has a life of its own. And we're really close to now having recorded 500 uh, interviews now. And, wow, um, that's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> I can't shut it off now because like I had, I did two shows. To, I'm doing a show right after this. And it's a public, the, the publicist, they find me. They love, you know, the show because the show's sh you know, short format. It's, you know, 10 minutes and under. And, um, and uh I let them tell their story. It's like really what, we're, what I'm as in an interview. I'm just trying to help them along so that they can tell their story about something. And a lot of times there's like a new film or a new book or whatever it is. But um, the person I interviewed this morning 
is an LGBT activist out of uh, Laos, Laos, if I'm saying it right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and that's just, he's really proactive and very visible out there. And um, those are the sort of stories that I enjoy just trying to help, help do my part to bring them further to light. Excellent. How can people find it? Oh, that's uh, I love gay dot today. Excellent. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's on every social profile that you have. It's everywhere. It's, it's <laughs> content that, uh, yeah, I want to say, hopefully I'd say you have to be living under a rock, but no, that's not true. It's just anybody who's following certain things that we do. Yeah. We've got, it's, it's we've got a good audience for that. And, uh, awesome. and then, like I said, we're going to hit 500 soon. So we're going to cross over in that crazy side. Cool. Excellent. That's a great milestone. Congratulations for that. Um, so like just wrapping up here, where I'm, you actually, I think you might've said what your next trip is, but what, where are you traveling to next? We always like yeah, to ask that question. Yeah, it really is uh, next, next week, Singapore and uh, Bangkok. And then um, actually tomorrow we're going to DC for a few days, uh, which see, is, there is, I, uh, kinda, see, I there's a little bit of my, might, yeah. <laughs> within these five or like one See, week, we invited you on this travel show for seven reason, days. You have a trip, but within traveling. that time you have another one. <laughs> yeah. I was in, we were in New York for three days, uh, uh, packed it up with a lot of Broadway and then, and now, uh, and now we're going to be in DC. And so I don't even consider those anymore, even though like DC is almost four hours away, but yeah, it'll just be a nice oh, little, well, what Broadway did you see? What show? We what, or what stuck out of the three? Well, uh, Spam a We saw Spam a and that was my first time seeing Spam a lot. So uh, we saw that, and uh, and uh, you know, now I, all I do is sing in my head. Always look on the bright side of life. I haven't seen it. I just saw um, yesterday with my boyfriend here in Madrid. We went to the Book of Mormon. Ah, yes, I've seen oh, that. We're gonna see, yes, we're going to see it again. In fact, uh, in a couple months because. Uh, we're bringing other family members to see that. Yeah, it's really a good. Yeah, one. I told Austin he needs to take his boyfriend home yeah, to yeah, see it, it because it. it's it's worth it. Because you shot it, turned it off. <laughs> Just in case. Like a lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm 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 glad that you finally made it. We we had two scenes of our podcast. We didn't get you on them, but we're finally here on season three. But I'm glad we waited because now we got you on the video, and you're like you know a pro and expert in this video space. So it's just kind of like the best like natural organic fit. So thanks so much. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. Absolutely. Any anything for you guys. Thanks, <laughs> like Matt. All right, Matt, see you in Japan. Yeah, enjoy your <laughs> travels. We'll definitely see you in Japan. And yep. take care. Thanks so much. Okay. Um, well, before we um, call it a, a day, let's do a little kind of wrap up. I think we want to plug one more trip. Right? Yeah. So let's talk about actually two trips. Let's talk about uh, our gay group trips on Virgin Voyages, which are this coming summer in 2024. So. Yeah, we do uh, two a year. It's yes. kind of our rhythm now. So our first one we're going to do is um, our Greece one. So uh, we're going to be doing Greece and Croatia. So the stops are Athens, Dubrovnik, Split, and then Kotor, which is in Montenegro, which is actually Montenegro, mm -hmm. Corfu, which is a Greek island, and then back to Athens. So um, June 16th to the 23rd will be that first one. Yeah. And then our second trip uh, coming up in October from the 6th to the 13th, uh, 2024 as well. That does Spain, France, and Italy. So it's Barcelona, Toulon. Uh, I shouldn't have committed to saying all these names because I can't pronounce them. Do you realize I, I gave you those names because <laughs> I can't say them? Marina de Carrara. <laughs> And Siva Tachicha, which one is, is basically, basically like entry to the Rome. entry to Rome, the port, <laughs> and then Ibiza and Barcelona. I regret it because when that. we practiced this, I just skipped those. Things. I set you up. <laughs> so anyway, uh, what you can look forward to on these tours is, uh, or on these um, cruises is their seven nights uh, with Virgin Voyages, who we absolutely love. They're very LGBT friendly. It's adults only, even better, no kids. Uh, there's free Wi-Fi on board. All meals are included. They have six uh, kind of uh, nicer dining restaurants really nice as well. Restaurants. 
um, wonderful entertainment. There's a, a drag queen on board, so there's drag shows. We always include a private cocktail party for our own group as well. Um, anything I'm missing? There's... No, definitely join us. We have two a year. We've been doing, we did two last year. Uh, they're super popular. We're really happy to work with Virgin Voyages. It's kind of just the perfect fit. So if you're interested, uh, check out our website, twobadtourist.com or check the show notes, uh, the description in the show notes to learn more about uh, either of these trips and reserve your spot. Yeah. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it. We're happy to be back for season three, episode one. If you like the show, please subscribe to it on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcast. You're about to say Colin, weren't you? I don't Which think we so. did for two years. No, don't. Oh, okay. Colin, him anymore. out. <laughs> Shh, they're out. Be sure to leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the episode. It really helps us out. And if you're watching live on any social media platform, feel free to leave a comment or share the episode with your friends. You can follow us on social media. We are always at Too Bad Tourists. And lastly, please feel free to leave a comment about what you want to hear more of. We are always looking for more ideas and happy to get some feedback. Yes, and speaking of new ideas, new episodes, uh, just what to expect uh, coming up here in season three. Our next episode is going to be on Miami. So David and I are doing uh, a trip of South Florida in January. So we're doing Miami, Key West, and then we're actually doing a, a Virgin Voyages cruise uh, of the Caribbean. So during that trip, we're going to be visiting some different uh, parts of Miami and visiting local gay-owned businesses and things like that. So uh, we should be publishing that episode. It'll we're, We have a little bit of a break, but it'll be the beginning of February. Yeah, that sounds about so, right. So um, yeah. we will be celebrating the new year then in... Fort in Florida and Fort Lauderdale. Actually. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, exciting. That's, that's where we'll be. That's where we're traveling to next, I guess, right? Yeah. All right. So. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, if Well, yeah. Happy holidays to everyone who's celebrating and uh, happy, happy new, new year. year. And we'll be back for episode two in, in about February. Yeah. Take care. Bye. Bye. Ciao.